of the 6,500 that we need. So I want to thank everyone for their faithfulness and for listening to the Lord and to continue to give as God leads you to because uh, as pastor says, the miracle is in the house. We have what we need here to accomplish the things that God's called us to do. And so we really praise God for that uh, as we go. So I'm going to ask the ushers if they'll come forward and we'll receive our tithes and offering and we'll kind of go to prayer here at the same time, uh, thinking about our treasures in heaven. So as we give to the Lord, remember it's God who gives us the power to get wealth, and he blesses us, but we have to really realize where our blessings come from, and they're not from our own efforts, but from his faithfulness. So I want to read from, um, from Matthew's gospel in uh, chapter 6 and verse 19. It says, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where the moth and the rust destroy and where the thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroy and where thieves do not break in or steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart also be. Let's go to prayer this morning. Father, we thank you for this day that you've given us. We thank you for your mercy and your grace and your love which never ends. We thank you as the rain comes down from heaven that you're faithful to your word. So, Father, we pray for those that need healing in their body this morning. We just thank you that we can stand on your word and we can stand on your promises, that they are true. Every word that comes forth from your mouth never returns void. So, Father, we release healing right now in Jesus' name to those that need healing in their body. We release salvation to those who have an ear to hear and an eye to see, Lord, that they would come to know you. And, Father, we ask you to bless this offering now and all the work of our hands and let us focus on our purpose day to day, but always keep our eyes on the vision that you have for our lives. For you have planned something for us far beyond we can imagine or plan. For we ask it in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Just a quick reminder, we have new copies of our Daily Bread out in the foyer So for June, July, and August. So please feel free to pick one up and take it with you as you leave today. Okay, with that, we'll let our children go to Children's Church this morning. But that pastor is going to come and share with us. Check. I'm a little hot or something. I like to say that. <laughs> that is so wrong, isn't it? <laughs> It's more of a help him, Lord, than a blessing, Lord. 
Uh, real quick, hey guys, uh, first off, thanks to all the people who came yesterday and helped us with work day. Uh, all the volunteers who were able to make, we got so much done. We filled up a 15-yard dumpster full of stuff that needed to be cleared out. That's accumulated over years. We all do this. If you've lived in your house for, for 10 or 15 years, you probably got stuff in there from the first year. Uh, and so we just had stuff that accumulated, and so we were able to, uh, under the direction and leadership of Miss Joyce and uh, Brother Roy, we were able to get a lot done yesterday. We got, a, we got more needs to be done, but we'll get to that. But, man, can we give a, a, just a hand clap of thanks to those guys who came and worked so hard? Second, I want to explain a few things to you that, are, that you have seen today. And we did the videos because we thought it would be good for you to sort of see a direction, a, a purpose that we find ourselves waking up daily thinking about and the vision we believe the Lord has for us in the next year. And that is we want to relaunch our girls clubs and our rangers, Royal Rangers, as though many of you might have known that. <coughs> We're going to, this month, this month we're calling it uh, uh, June is uh, June is our recruitment month. Okay, so you'll get an email. Donna's going to help me. She's going to send an email out the first of this week to all of the church body, and we're going to ask if anyone has an interest in volunteering to work with our girls club, which is girl specific, our rangers, which is boy specific. We would love for you to reply back to that email. We're going to build up a base of volunteers to help us with that. Those programs are going to run on Wednesday nights. We hope to launch. Our goal and our target date is the 1st of September. We'll be doing that ministry on Wednesday night for the, kid, for the kids. Uh, and it'll be, a, a, let me just say a couple of things about this. I believe that we've always been called as a church to do gender-specific ministries. Okay, and I use that phrase because I think it creates the opportunity for us to train up and better uh, equip our children in understanding who they are in Christ, who God has created them to be as a woman or a man, and helps them to build a foundation within themselves so that when they go into places, whether it's through higher education or whether it's through uh, uh, job force and they, when they get older and they get jobs and they get encounter people who don't have an understanding of what it is to be a man or a woman, they ha our children have, have grown into an understanding, a biblical understanding of the creative purpose of God for their life. Uh, so this type of ministry provides us that opportunity to teach and encourage specific truths from God's word that allows uh, our children to grow and develop into the godly men and women that I, I believe influence our world. We're in a day right now when there's a lot of influence coming into our world and from people who don't understand who God created them to be. Amen. And so that's, that's the challenge and that's the church's role and responsibility. I believe we have a responsibility to teach this, not just to our children, but create this opportunity for our community, for the children in our community to receive and hear this information. <coughs> Excuse me. So that's why we want to start girls clubs, which at one time was called Missionettes. It's changed now. They've changed the title, changed a lot of the material. It's very up to date. It's going to be a great program. They still operate by Prims and Daisies, but it's still they 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 boosted all of the the educational side and the training and the teaching side of it. It's really good. 
Rangers is still based off the same premise and idea to just teach young men, young boys, not just the word of God, but crafts and, and how to work towards awards and achievements uh, to where that we can grow them in an understanding of, of applying themselves. I, I think we, we, we get into a dangerous place if our kids don't learn how to apply themselves and work towards something. And so uh, we, we, all that is a part of what the Girls and Boys uh, Ranger program does. And so I'm very excited about it. Uh, we have some leaders and ra from Rangers already we know of, and some ladies who've worked our, the missionettes in the past and are excited about Girls Club. But we're throwing the door open. Man, we're just kicked the door open. So we want as many volunteers as we can get. We would love to have a teacher and an aide in every class. We'd love, we're going to give you the materials and the resources to accomplish what we believe is a God-ordained purpose for us as a church, okay? Uh, so that's, that's the first two videos. I do want to say this. If you're not receiving emails from us somewhat every week, two weeks, or three weeks, we'll be sending something out normally. If you're not getting emails from us, uh, please, before the end of the, or by the, at the end of the service, Take your bulletin, flip it over on the back, write the email address that you, re that you receive your emails on. Because some of you have multiple emails and you don't look at some of them. Thank you. Um, I like the way you, did you do that, Patrick? That was good. Uh, uh, some of you have multiple emails. We want the one that you look at so that you can get the information from us. Uh, if you're not getting anything from us, it's totally our fault, I'm sure. But if you'll give us a good active email so that we can reply back to you and give you information about what's happening at the church. We're not, we're not, we're not going to dun you because you didn't pay your tithe. We're going to, we're, it's strictly to informational, okay? No, we, we don't, we don't use it for anything else. So we'll give you information, okay? Uh, that was a, tie, a joke, guys, about the tithe. Y'all laugh. Come on, give it up. Uh, oh, there you go. <laughs> That's better. Okay. So, so at the end of the service, if you'll see, if you, Donna or Amy or our greeters, Roy or Gary, me, Debbie, just give it to one of us and we'll get it. Uh, we'll, get, we'll get you on the list so that we can communicate with you. That's just the easiest form of communication for us right now, okay? Um, so a little different, man, we had it all set up, Barry and Jessica and we're going out of town. Kurt and Crystal were going out of town, one of our drummers. Uh, Chris and Cindy had already left and gone out of town. Uh, Debbie and I prayed about going out of town. <laughs> but we had to close on our house Friday. So we closed. Uh, yeah. So, so that, uh, and I had work day Saturday and I had to preach this morning. So anyway, we, we couldn't go out of town. Uh, anyway. So we, we had it set up, and Brother Wayne was going to lead us, and he was so fired up, and God was just going to use it. We were going to have a great time, and something jumped on him Thursday, and Friday he couldn't hardly talk, went to the doctor. and it, So he's, he's, I mean, pray for Wayne. He's just under the weather today. And so I, we just said, hey, you know what? I can preach an hour. No, no, we said, we can do without music. That's what I said. I said, I can preach an hour, but I'm not going to do that. I am going to get us into the Word, though, today. I appreciate all you guys, everything you work towards. Oh, I'm going to mention one more thing. 
This week, Wednesday through Saturday, our kids went to kids camp and had an incredible encounter with God. It was incredible. Next Sunday, either morning or evening, uh, we're going to have it set up and we're going to get some testimony. We're going to, Chastity's going to get up and preach to us and share with us <laughs> about what all, what all God did in that service, in those services. So we hope to have a couple of kids ready to testify. I know Adam will be ready. If Chastity does want to share, we'll let her share. But the whole, the, just a, an in, incredible encounter with God for our, for our children. Uh, some baptized, rebaptized, the Holy Spirit, just, uh, just hours in the altars, just incredible. Pastor Tim was the speaker, him and Miss Marcy, and so uh, I know it was a great camp, uh, and we'll get to hear about that next week. I told him, I said, if we were in discussion, and they, he said, well, I don't know if I can be ready by tomorrow. I said, well, we'll give it a week, and that way you can talk about it today. And so we're building the plan for next week to share that. So we're excited about it. I hope you come and get to hear what's going on, what's going on in our kids. Amen. Uh, how many of y'all know the chorus? It's a, it's a chorus that, that, that goes, just to be close to you, just to be close to you just to be close to you is my desire. That course is really and truly the core of what we've been talking about the last few weeks when we talk about the one. As a matter of fact, if we've learned anything through this um, series of messages, through this time of study and discussion and preaching through on Sunday mornings. I've tried to keep this thought to Sunday mornings. If we've learned anything from it, I think it should be this. And that is, as we grow closer to any person in our lives, our perspective changes. As we grow closer to any person in our lives, our perspective changes. Now, I'm going to go ahead and confess, you can immediately probably think of people that your perspective has changed to the negative because you got to know them. Just like I know that some of you probably immediately think of someone that you've grown close to, whether it's over the year or two of friendship or whether it's been 30 or 40 years of marriage, your perspective changes in a positive way. I'm focusing on the positive today. We can talk about how to deal with the negative at another time. I'm talking about getting to know Jesus today, and that's a positive. And that's the ultimate goal <coughs> of what we've talked about when we've looked at and discussed the one. So let's go back right quick. In the crowds, we started in that outer. We talked about circles of relationships and levels of influence in those relationships. And so we started in the crowds with Jesus, and we saw in the crowds that their focus was the questions or just, you know, spectating. We want to see what's going on. Then there were the 5,000, which was the next circle of relationship inside of that. We recognized those were the people who were there to get their needs met. They were there for the miracles and the signs and wonders. Then there was the 70, and we said out of those first two crowds, they were both still really spectators. But then there's this next circle of relationship that happens in the life of Jesus that we see in the scriptures, and it's the 70, and we recognize the 70 actually moved from spectating to participating. And, and all of us are called to participate. All of us are called to get involved. All of us are called 
closer and closer and closer to Jesus. And so what we recognize is the 70 moved a little closer, began to participate, and their focus was on on, on the mission, on the mission, because we see he sent them out, and they went into towns to preach. We see then there's a group that was inside of the 70 that were called the 12. We know them as the disciples in the scriptures throughout uh, the, 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 the gospels. We see the disciples talked about and the 12 being right there with Jesus and most everything he did. And the 12, really their focus was his life. Their focus was about, was really honed in a lot more from just the mission, which we see in the 70, they really missed something important because they came back, and what was their response? Man, the demons are subject to us. And he said, no, man, be more excited over the fact your name's written in the book of life. So the, the, the 12 got close enough that it, it then became about Jesus. They were there because Jesus had called them in to be fishers of men. And, and so they, were, they, they, they had this focus on his life. Then there's the circle we talked about last week, the three. And the three, Peter, James, and John, they had the opportunity to experience, we said last week, his glory and his sufferings, the heights and the depths. But in the closest of these circles, I don't even know how you make a circle out of two. But in the closest of these circles, the one we call the one who we've been headed to all this time, the one, our focus, if we are working to become the one, our focus is on Jesus himself, his presence, just to be close to you is my desire. So when we think about it, we remember that the crowds watched and listened from a distance. They were curious. The 5,000 experienced miracles of healings. They were needy. The 70 served and worked for Christ. They had found some purpose for their life. The 12 left everything and followed Jesus, so they walked with him. They were daily active with him. Then the three experienced the heights and the depths with Christ. They had suffered but they, in the suffering, they kept, he, kept, he kept reminding them there's a celebration. If you're suffering today and you know Jesus, I want to remind you there's a celebration. There's a day we're going to be with him. But the one, and that's really where we want to get to, the one, how would I define them? They... Here's, here's the best I can do. They obeyed every command. The one obeyed every command. The one, the one walked with Jesus all the way to the cross. He was there when they nailed him to the cross. The one found something that we're all looking for. And, and here's what the circle represents for those willing to get this close. Intimacy. What does the scripture say? You know, I told you I don't know how to make a circle, but I can tell you how to make the one with two. Marriage. So the 
scripture teaches us there's this covenant relationship that we're offered when a man leaves his father and mother and woman leaves their father and mother and becomes joined together the two become one so so there's this there's this and then the scripture teaches us because we're not we're we're talking about we're talking about marriage but really we're talking about the mystery of the church we're talking about the way God has this plan for us, the way he has called us into relationship with him. We're, we're the bride, we're the submitted one, and he's, the, he's, he's Lord and Master, but, he, but in our understanding of who he is, we recognize when we study the role of the man, we see that he's supposed to be willing to lay his life down for his bride. And Jesus did that. So the relationship here begins to paint us this incredible picture as the one of an intimacy. Why? Why do we teach biblically that there is this holiness about the sexual relationship? It's because we recognize that God has ordained and created that relationship to be had between one man and one woman because intimacy is holy and spiritual. Well, man, following, following is, oh, thanks, bro. Following is about, I don't need you, Roy. Uh, man, listen, I got to get a shot at Roy anytime I can. I thought he was sitting up because my preaching was so good. Anyway, uh, there I go, getting all confused. Following is about discovering and digesting the words of Christ. His ways, His commands. It's about it's about a, a transformation that comes uh, that, that from from becoming more and more familiar with the other. Uh, 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 it's it's about becoming one with with Jesus through His words, through His works, through His joys, through His sorrows. Uh, but but it's even more. It's so much more than those things. Following Jesus is not about working harder or praying longer it's about coming closer to him getting closer drawing closer to him i mean even this morning if i ask this i I, I, i'll follow up the statement but i'm gonna ask the question where are you in your faith walk today where are you in your faith walk and, and, and really and truly, I would follow that with never mind. Don't, 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 worry, don't, don't think about that right now. Regardless of where you find yourself, if your desire is to get close to Jesus, to be close to Jesus, you are on the path to the one. You're on the path to getting close to Jesus, close to him, intimate with him, close enough that you are identified by him and he you and he identifies you and there's just this thing happens like okay so john john i'm gonna talk about john uh john becomes the scripture calls him the disciple whom jesus loved you, you know to think that a god write that about himself but then i got up here and talked about how hot i was right on the front side the disciple whom Jesus loved. You read that and you go, well, that's a little bit arrogant, a little bit proud, you know. I mean, he's writing this and he's saying this about himself. 
but he didn't say that. It wasn't because of Christ's limited ability to love only one. John caught something. Listen to me. John caught something. Something most people around Jesus missed. John, John understood that this was an opportunity. He sees an opportunity to become so close to Jesus that the word intimate becomes a part of the relationship. Other people listen to Jesus, but somehow John listened closer. Uh, uh, other people sat with Jesus, but somehow John always scooted up and got closer. Uh, other people followed Jesus, but somehow John was always the one walking right there beside him, right there, just seizing every opportunity to get as close as he could. John embraced moments with Jesus in ways that others missed. Jo jo John was the one we see throughout the Scripture because he referred to himself as a disciple whom Jesus loved. He leaned his back onto the back of Jesus at the Last Supper. Peter asked John, Peter, who's a disciple, who recognizes in Jesus' words that somebody's going to betray him, goes to John and asks, John, can you go to Jesus and find out who it is that's going to betray him? So they all saw that he was the closest. They all recognized he was the one. He was the only disciple recorded as being present at Jesus at Christ's crucifixion. He was the, the one Christ chose at his death to be his mother's caregiver. He recorded more of Jesus' words than anyone else. And he's the only gospel writer who recorded the new name Jesus gave to his followers. You all know we got a different name other than disciple. Anyone who followed beyond, I mean, disciple is used over 200 times in the scripture, but he saw and heard something from Jesus that created a whole new understanding of who we're called to be in Christ and with him. And that's the word friend. That's so much more personal. A disciple is one receiving teaching, being taught, learning from a mentor, a, 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 an instructor. So the disciples were there getting. But then all of a sudden, John catches this, John 15, and makes this statement. You are my friends, in verse 14, if you do what I command. Verse 15, I no longer call you slaves because a master doesn't confide in his slaves. Now you are my friends. Since I have told you everything the Father told me. I mean, we're, we're, we're friends with Jesus. Let that set in. Let that, let that set in for just a minute. I love to meet people who are committed to friendship these days. I love to build relationship with people who see and understand what a friend is. Because that's, I mean, it's, it's a, I mean, let's face it. It's an interesting day now, and it can all be about the person this day and time, but a person who understands friendship recognizes this is, this is not about me, it's about us, it's about you. I, I believe to be a friend, the old saying about triumph applies, triumph is about 10% try and 90% oomph. You got to
to put some oomph in it. You got to put some effort in it. You you want to be a friend? You got to apply the relation in the relationship. You got to engage in the relationship. Uh, it, it requires a stick to itiveness, right? To be a friend. Bible uses words like faithfulness, perseverance, diligence, remain, abide. What, what, man, I'm going, I, I'm not singing any songs, but I'm helping you process music this morning. What a friend we have in Jesus, right? What a friend we have in Jesus. Listen to this word, the word abide. John recorded Jesus using the word abide multiple times in his writings. And I'll go over just a few. Chapter 8, verse 35. And a slave does not abide in the house forever, but a son abides forever. Um, Verse 15, verses 4 and 5. Listen to what it says. Abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. Verse 8, 31, then Jesus said to those Jews who believe him, if you, you are truly my disciples, if you remain faithful to my teachings. You're truly my disciples. If you what? If you remain faithful, if you abide, you stay, you abide in my word, you're my disciples indeed. Another, another verse, if you, uh, if 15, 7, if you abide in me and my words abide in you. If you that, this translation uses remain. I, I, I gave it to Amy and didn't tell her I was using a different translation, but remain's fine. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want and it'll be granted. What kind of friend is that? I mean, look, I need to say something I believe you need to hear this morning. I just, want you to, I just want this to set in for a second. Too often, we overvalue the latest podcast, the latest video, the latest insight, the latest seminar we went to. And I, I don't, I'm not against those things. Please understand, don't get me wrong. I believe we all need a fresh rhema. I believe we're all looking for a word from the Lord every day. As a, as, a, as a person in pursuit of God and in relationship with Jesus, you're always looking for him to speak to you, to encourage you, to give you direction and purpose, uh, vision. But, but here's what I'm saying. It's essential, <coughs> according to 1 Thessalonians 5.21, that we hold fast to that which is good. So, so what I'm saying is we've got to practice what we already learned and what we've already been taught, what we've already been instructed, and that is that we, our role to get to the one, we have to constantly abide in Jesus. We've got to abide. We've got to remain in Jesus. We said this at the beginning. As we grow closer in any to any person in our life, our perspective changes. That is growing in friendship. That's what that tells us. That's what that tells us. That's, what, that's what's being communicated. But, but what, what do I do with those who use me 
to accuse me, you abuse me. What can I do? What do I do with those relationships? I told you I wanted to spend time on the negative. This is all about positive. This is about getting closer to Jesus. But I do want to point something out about Jesus, okay? Watch this. As he sat at the table that night in Jerusalem, we know it is the Last Supper. As he sat there at that table, he not only dined with a very faithful disciple who was close enough to him that he is seen as the one in the scripture and the one whom Jesus loved, but also the one who others would go to to gain or glean information from Jesus. He was that close of a friend to Jesus, of a, of a person to Jesus. Jesus also ate with the one who was about to betray him that night. He also ate with the one who asked John, find out who it is that's going to betray you, not recognizing that he spoke, he was going to be the one who would deny him. So, so all I'm saying is, he served all of them personally and washed their feet in preparation for what God was getting ready to do. It's easy to serve and care for people you trust, but what do you do with ones you don't trust? Jesus cared for and served people he could not trust because there was a greater purpose. He prayed for those who crucified him even as they were doing it. Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. How, how do we do that? How is that, how is that possible? Well, I, I, I will give you this thought, then I'm going to sort of move us to a close. I'm going to use the word simple here. It's probably not simple, but it's a simple thought. I'm going to give you this thought. Jesus knew a secret. You know, we know secrets are very personal. But there's also secrets that we discover, things that we experience, things that we don't tell others, things we, we, we've encountered uh, and, and, and experience that nobody else knows but it's like something that we know and that God's shown us Jesus knew a secret that I believe John caught and I'm going to show it to you it's hidden in a quote that only John recorded okay you, you have to look close to see it it's in, it's in John 14 <coughs> verse 21 excuse me I want I want I, if, you, if you're watching this online, I want you to just take a second, go to John 14, verse 21. I want you to hear this. I want this to sort of have an opportunity to sort of sit in, set into your heart and your life as we get ready to uh, get to this idea of the pursuit that God's called us to and that he is participating in. The verse is this, those who accept my commandments and obey them are the ones who love me. So the one isn't limited to just one. The, li the one is for any of us because it's about a, an intimacy, a depth in relationship, a, a, a connection that we get with him. And because they love me, my father will love them and I will love them and reveal myself to each of them. Did you see it? You hear it? Watch it. Number one, first, 
according to this passage, leave it up there. According to this passage, we have to accept his commands. Those who accept my commands. See, and this is the hurdle right now today, folks. We're facing people who who are hearing so much information that they struggle to accept anything that is as 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 absolute a truth as biblical truth. They think it's all relative. That it's all can be it, it, it can change by circumstance or by, by, by situation. Listen to me. This is absolute. Those who accept my commandments, those who accept my commandments, first we have to accept his commandments. It says, put love God, love your neighbor, love your enemy. So where do you get that? Go to, you, you go to Matthew 5. You find all of it. You find it all. You got to love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. We know that. We gotta love. We gotta love our neighbor as ourselves. The scripture says that. But then it goes into this idea that man, I gotta love the people who persecute me and who use me and who say all manner against me, because that's what Jesus was saying to his disciples. He got that inner circle in there. They were that deep in, and the first thing he does is he takes them up on the mountaintop and he starts teaching them about what it is to love and to get close, to get close, to become a person who. Not only will God love, but he will respond and re, re, engage in that. So I got to accept his commandments. Second, once I begin to accept his commands, those who accept my commands as they are the ones who love me. When we engage, number two, when we engage Jesus with our love, God promises a response. Because they love me, my Father will love them. Because you love Jesus, God has promised to love you. Now, I want you to understand, he already has shown you how much he loves you by giving Jesus his son. But when we're talking about getting into a depth of relationship that we see in these circles to get from the outside crowd to the one, there's an engagement required on our part. But if we'll do it, he's promised to engage us. What does James 4, 8 tell us? James 4, 8 says, come near to God, and he will come near to you. Now, he's already come near to us through his son. He's already come near to us by sending the Holy Spirit. He's already come near to us and drawing you into the camera, into in front of your TV or your phone, in this service this morning. He's already come near to us. You're here because of him. You're listening because of him. You understand? The spirit does that. The spirit draws. The spirit draws, the scripture says. You've already, he's already done something. You want to get close. You get to do something. You know, throughout the studies, I, I've sort of come to terms with some thought. There's a difference between having love someone and having that person engage your love. Um, um, John is telling us that we engage Jesus with our love, and when we do, the Father will further engage us with his love. So there's, there's this, this interaction that begins to happen. There's this, 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 um, uh, this open sharing that begins to take place. I open up, he pours in, I I cry out, he responds. I mean, it's just this, this constant thing. I will love them and reveal myself to each of them, it says. 
So John got this. John, John understood the importance of loving Jesus and the response of God to that kind of love, to such love, to, 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 to an engaging love in a relationship. There's nothing we can do to make God love us more. But there are things we can do to let God love us more. I can't do anything to make God love me more than he has loved me. But I can do some stuff, Larry, that allow that 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 I that that lets him love me more. Because he wants to love you with all that he is. We got, listen, I thought the men's a good thing. Father's Day's coming up. It's going to be an awesome time and all that. But man, God, I don't know what God was thinking when he made men. Straight up, I don't know what he was thinking. I know what he was thinking to be, to be the protector, the warrior that God had designed men to be he had to create us with this ability to compartmentalize everything and so we can box it all up stack it over here and go this way and do the right thing and then all of a sudden hit an idle time and go get the boxes out and look at them and go through them and then box them back up and act like nothing ever just happened now y'all don't want me talking about women right now so i'm just going to stay on men I'm not. I'm going to stay right here right now. All I'm saying is, guys, we got to pull some of that stuff out and let God love us in that. And we got to open that up and let him see it. He knows it. You got nothing hid from him. You, but, but, but we come to the altar and we cry and we worship. We got that stuff in that box over there. And so we need to let him love us in that spot. We need to get out there and lay it out in the altar and let him love us in that spot. Let him free us from that. Let him let him empty that nasty room. Do a work day this morning. Let's do a work day. Let's have a spring clean. There's nothing we can do to make God love us more, but there are things we can do to let God love us more. So here's my few thoughts that I'm going to end with. John was the only one of the disciples who followed Jesus all the way to Calvary, all the way to the cross. John outruns Peter to the tomb where, when, he, when they hear it's empty. John, John was really close. John was broken over the event. John watched him all the way through to the last trial when he commended his spirit to the Father. When he breathed his last breath, John was there. John took his mom because Jesus put her in his hands. John had followed all the way. John was in the room when the report came that the tomb was empty. John takes off with Peter, but John outruns him because John had something in him that we can have. And when John got there, John doesn't go in first. Peter rushes past him, goes in. Now, you know, I used to read that one. I wonder why John stopped. I wonder why John stopped. 
Because John 20, verse 8 says, John saw and believed. John was close enough that he knew that when he saw the tomb roll back, that what Jesus had said, he could trust. Look, I don't know where you're at today. I'm telling you, whatever Jesus has said, you can trust. Some of us, like Peter, we got to go, we got to storm in there and pick up the stuff and look around and search all around. I mean, what is a tomb, a hole? But he runs in, he checks it all out. But John didn't. John, when he saw the tomb roll back, the stone roll back, he stopped because he knew right then he did it. He did what he said he'd do. Listen, y'all, he wants to do what he has said he will do for you. He wants you to get just as close as you're willing to get. Friends, I'm going to simplify following Jesus today. The destination's not the, mo- the foremost issue. I know we want to go to heaven, heaven. I can't wait to get to heaven. Man, listen, there's times I find heaven on earth. Now, I know there's times it's hell on earth too, so let's just get that out there. But I understand the destination is not the foremost issue. Our future condition is not the issue. Our survival is not even the issue. The essence of following is the journey. It's being with Jesus. You don't see you, you don't see events happening in Jesus' life once the twelve are called in and the three become close, but John's not there. John got there. It's the journey. Jesus said, down, I'm going to sit down. Jesus goes walking, I'm going to go walking. Jesus is going in the garden, I'm going in the garden. Jesus is going to the cross, I'm going to the cross. Jesus is going to take stripes, I'm going to watch it, and I'm going to be willing to do whatever's necessary to not just comfort him, but if it's necessary, I'll take the cross. If it's the cross, I'll take the stripes. John got it. John, John understood it's the journey, y'all. It's the journey. Wherever you're at right now in this service this morning or online, Wherever you're at in the journey, man, this morning would be a good time to stop and just say, Lord, I just want to be close to you. I just need you to remind me how close you are to me. I just need you to reassure me that what you have said, I hear you saying that what you have said, you're going to do. Father, we bow in your presence. We yield our hearts in your presence. We search our soul and our spirit in your presence this morning. Because, Lord, what we want, what we desire, what we need today is to just get a little closer to you. We want to be the one. We want to be the one. The one that you 
journey with. And we know that requires that we wake up with the purpose of journeying with you. That's why we're here this morning. That's why people are online with us this morning, because you, you, you're so important to us. And you're calling us constantly. You're drawing us constantly. And as those who are in search and in pursuit of you, we recognize our role, our purpose is to wake up daily with the purpose of getting closer to you. To get to that place to where that we feel like we are a true friend of God. There's days I don't feel like I'm very friendly with you, Lord. There's days I wake up and I'm so busy and have so much going on that I don't take time to communicate and connect with you. And we recognize, God, this morning is just an opportunity for all of us to take this moment and this time to stop and to engage. That's what we're striving to do today. Will you stand with me? If God's speaking to you this morning, if he's calling to you, if you've got something that you've boxed up and set to the side that you need to bring the altar and lay out before, if, if you're... If you're in a place this morning where you've received a word from him and it's like that word's dead, but he's promised something to you in the future and you're like, John, you really want to believe, you just need to, you need him to show something to you or speak something to you and he's speaking to you this morning. He's telling you this journey isn't about the day isn't about the end, it's about the day, it's about the moment, it's about the relationship. So this morning, we just take this time. If you're here this morning, and you have something that you need to bring to God, this is a very specific altar call. You need to bring something to God. It could be, can be general in my words, but it's specific for you. You've got something you need to bring to God, and you need to lay in the altar. You need to surrender it to Him. You need to release it in his presence. You need to ask him for help with it. You need to confess it to him as something that you recognize now, something that you shouldn't be carrying, you shouldn't have. It's a, it's, it's a weight on you, and you're, you're not staying pace in the journey because of it. You're not keeping pace with his lead and his direction. I just want to open the altar and say, hey, come. Come get close to him this morning. Will you come and just walk into this altar and just stand and just begin to surrender that thing, whatever it is. Just begin to release it in his presence. If it's something that you've got boxed up and that you've held on to, will you just bring it and give it to him this morning? Open it up in his presence. Release it in his presence right now. Ask him right now. Ask him right now. Lord, I believe, but help me in my unbelief. I believe, but help me with this thing that I'm struggling to believe for. I'm struggling to believe that you have for me, that you are working in me. If you have someone that you've brought, I just want you to bring that. If, if you're in this place and there's, a, there's someone outside of this building that's in your heart that's heavy, that you need to bring to the altar, I want you to bring them and say, Lord, 
I bring this person to you. I surrender this person to you. Do it now. Do it now. Just bring them and release them into the presence of God. Believing God will visit them, that he will show himself to them, that he will love them, and that he will engage them. Because you're making the effort. You're, you're standing in this gap this morning. <coughs> take this moment right now, God, we take these things that we have laid in this altar and we release them to you. 
God. We're not going to walk back to, the, to, to, our, to our chairs. We're not going to stand up walk out of this building with these things. We're going to believe, God, that you are with us and that you're going to show yourself strong in those things that we've surrendered and released in your presence. God, more than anything, we're going to walk away believing that you're close because we have drawn close. You have drawn close to we're committed, Lord. We're committed to a pursuit of you. We're committed to a pursuit of you. Make yourself known to us, Lord. Make yourself known to us. In Jesus' mighty physical need, we'd love to anoint and pray for you. We don't want to extend beyond what the Lord wants to work, but if you've got a physical need and you'd come down, we're going to lay hands and pray for you. Just agree that God's able to heal and make whole. Y'all believe? Amen. He's done the work. All we have to do is believe and receive. Amen. If you want to come join behind these who is up, who are up here for prayer, we're going to pray with them. Father, we just anoint right now. We pray, God, the Lamb of God, you are, you are our healer. You are the healer, God. You created this heart. You are 
able to heal and correct it and make it function and work according to its design purpose. We speak that life and that healing in the Lamb of God. Direct, direct, guide as the doctors, surgeons care. God, ultimately, we believe in you. We trust you, Lord. We believe for that healing in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Yes, Hallelujah. Father, we speak that. That's what we're talking about. We speak that. 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 We